Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Daily B Sports Podcast. Now, the spring sports season is officially underway, but there have been some delays here, some delays there, due to field conditions and things like that. There have been multiple postponements just due to, you know, Memorial Field not being where it needs to be due to the tennis courts not being up to par for competition, but the spring sports teams around the area have got some action under their belt. Um, The Sandpoint baseball team and the Sandpoint softball team have not had any competition just yet, but everybody else around the area has gotten something going. Um, The Clark Fork track team, all of Clark Fork athletics will not start until this upcoming week, so they have not had any action to speak about but you have sandpoint tennis you have sandpoint golf you have priest river baseball who we'll talk about here in uh, just a second all in action in most of the action that they have had actually 100 percent of the action that they've had except for priest river so i shouldn't say 100 percent of the action has been in lewiston my old stomping ground so you know it's like they wanted to uh pay tribute to me in a sense. So thank you, Sandpoint. Thank you, um, Sandpoint Athletics, for, you know, going back to Lewiston and telling them that, hey, your boy's okay. You know, he's he's making he's making do and he's uh he's making a living out here um in Sandpoint. But to kick things off, we're gonna talk a little bit about Priest River Baseball. Priest River Baseball is currently in a doubleheader with Riverside and their first game just wrapped up. This baseball team a year ago had just one win, and they already matched that in their season opener with a win against Riverside. 10-4. to A 10-4 to victory over Riverside. Currently in the bottom of the second Priest River leads in the second game, 2-0. to So Priest River already ties the amount of wins that they had from a year ago, and... They're doing good. They're doing well. You know, let's go over some stats here. Um, Barnes had three hits. Reynolds with two. Trout with two as well. Uh, Reynolds had two RBIs. I mean, they're, they were alive at the dish was Priest River. Um, Thompson was at the mound. He pitched four innings. Uh, Downing for Riverside was at the dish as well, and he pitched four innings. Hannah came in to close things out. And he pitched three innings, and he actually had nine strikeouts. Very impressive day on the mound for Downey. So, Priest River already off to a better start, or ties their start from last year. And if they win the second game, ties. No, excuse me, not ties. I'm already on the one win. They If they win this game... This following game, they are going to be better than they were from a year ago. And that's based off of experience. And, you know, I think one of the things that I already touched on in the last podcast, wrote a column about it, there are several teams in the area that last year just were kind of hitting a speed bump. And, you know, it it was just about time until they hit their stride. You know, and I think Priest River Baseball is one of those teams. I think Priest River Softball, too, has an opportunity to be one of those teams that, you know, starts to hit their stride this year. You know, maybe not a state playoff team 
you know, maybe not even a a district winner per se, but, you know, they, they have that opportunity. They have the grit, it seems like, um, on paper. They got that talent. So, you know, it's nice to see them win their first game of the season, and right now it looks like they're on pace to win the second game of the doubleheader. So starting off 2-0, and already better than they were a year ago. The team that I'm most impressed with, most impressed with, excuse me, early on in the season here is Sandpoint Tennis, specific, specifically, I cannot talk today, specifically the girls of Sandpoint Tennis, Sandpoint's tennis team. They are absolutely killing it. Um, they started their season at the Post Falls tournament, and the, the tournament in Post Falls had to have started at like 7 or 8 o'clock, and they got about an hour, two hours in before it got canceled due to darkness. And I've never heard that. I've never heard of that in my reporting career, that something got canceled because of darkness. But if there was a sport that would get canceled due to darkness, it would be tennis. You know what I mean? But it's it's also kind of like, why are you scheduling things like that at 7, 8 o'clock? I don't know. But before that got canceled for darkness, the girls were still doing their thing and still playing extremely extremely well and it was foreshadowing for the next two events that they would participate in and just absolutely dominate. Uh, Nevea Reska, she is the number one singles girls player for Sandpoint and she has put together a great season. She only has one loss on the year and she's already redeemed that loss and that is to Riley Carper of Lewiston who is also a tremendous tennis player. Um, Ken Anderson, the Sandpoint tennis coach, has said that those two have a rivalry. Like, they've played a lot in the last two years, and they, they trade wins back and forth. And, you know, luckily, Nevaeh's in the 4A, Riley's in the 5A, and, you know, they're going to... They're not going to cross paths at State, is what I'm saying, but they will cross paths a lot during the regular season. So, you know, that's an interesting matchup to keep your eyes on uh, for the remainder of the year. But Nava was able to get... The redemption win over Riley um, at the Clarkston tournament, another tournament down at the LC Valley that was held at four different locations throughout the LC Valley. It was held at Lewiston High School, Lewiston's old high school, Clarkston High School, and LC State. And they played, and she got redemption not only in a winning sense, but she dominated against Riley. She won 4 1. And 4-2, I believe. That was the score. 4-1 and 4-2. So she came out and got redemption in the best way possible. So she wanted that win, you know, and time will tell if she wins that uh, that tournament. You know, stay tuned to the daily BonnerCountyDailyB.com to uh, see the results posted later tonight to see how she fared at the tournament. She was the number one seed. Um, the Clarkston At the Clarkston tournament, the Sandpoint girls had four total number one seeds, which is absolutely crazy. Um, Maisie Brazil, who is the number two girls singles player for Sandpoint Tennis, has played like a number one. So she also went undefeated yesterday at the uh, pool phase of the Clarkston tournament. And, you know, Ken Anderson said that she is just playing out of her mind. She has these weird shots. I haven't seen it in person, but 
from what Anderson said, she has these weird shots, just frustrating opponents, and and he's going to be surprised if she loses, you know, before, you know, they get to district play, before they get to state. And right now, you know, they're, they're a team that's not even peaking right now. You know, this is still only tournament number three for them. And they have every every chance in the world to peak at the right time, go to state. I think those two are two girls that, you know, have a real opportunity to make some noise at state. Um, yeah, so this is a direct, the direct quote from Kent Anderson. She does the same thing that she always does. So she doesn't switch anything up. You know, she is just very true to her game. She does the same thing every time she steps on the court, and she's a master at it. She has the shot and the smarts. She just rules the number two singles. It's a riot. You know, there's there's a lot of good girls on Sandpoint's tennis team right now. And, you know, in my interview with Kent, he said, you know, come district time, there are going to be some playoffs to get on that district's team. Because, you know, not only is, like, the one competitive, the two's competitive, the three. The three's competitive as well because uh, Adrian Doty also is a number one seed for Sandpoint Tennis, Sandpoint Girl Tennis. She finished 3-0 throughout day one of the tournament with wins over Mead, who's a powerhouse tennis program, Pullman, and Lewiston. So all three of their girls' singles players have real big potential, and they're young, too. Uh, Neva is a sophomore. Um, I think Adrian, Adrian is a junior, I believe. She's either a junior or sophomore as well. And, you know, they have this youth that can carry over, and, you know, they if they're not going to make some noise at State this year, they have a real opportunity to make some noise at State you know, the year after, the year after, because they're not going anywhere. These are kids that are going to be around this program, you know, for a long time. And not, you know, for the next 10 years, this isn't a pro program, but at least for the next three, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch their development, uh, not only for their careers, but for the rest of the season as well. Um, the number two girls team for Sandpoint also uh, received the number one seed, Patch Howard and Maylee Evans. They are just, they're going up against bigger schools and just attacking the net. And, you know, they're getting confident every every single time they step on the court. And like I said, you know, they, they've been competing in Lewiston and in Clarkston. Um, and I'm really I'm really excited to get the opportunity to watch this team compete because it's it's looking like, you know, this team, the track team, and, you know, we haven't even seen the baseball or the softball team take the field yet. And those are two teams, too, that have a lot of young depth and a lot of young talent um, that will be very productive. And that will be really fun to watch. And then you got Clark Fork, too, who overall just hasn't stepped on the field at all yet because they get a little bit later starts of their season. I think probably the more smart move on Clark Fork's part, but... uh you know, so there's there's a ton, a ton of young talent. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this tennis team. Very excited overall for the uh, the talent that is in um, this region. Now, let's dive into the track team who was competing at the Lewiston Invitational. we got to start off talking about Rusty Lee. Rusty Lee, who is the team captain 
for this track team was just a quarter of a second off from beating the school record in the 300-meter hurdles with a time of 40.37. And this is the first meet of the year, folks. Just fresh off of basketball season, and this kid is already doing things like that. You know, there there's some kids on this team, this track team, that are setting PRs, you know, almost breaking school records, and... It's the first meet of the season, folks. And this track team was a team that placed third at state last year. First time that they took home any kind of hardware at state since 2004. Um, shout out to Dylan Green for that. Little note. But they have a chance to maybe do it again. Their team is a little bit you know, lighter on numbers than it was last year. But they have the depth to do it. I mean, just going through the... The overall placers, um, just kids that placed in the top three. Uh, the boys had a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven events with top three placers. The girls had one, two, three, four, five in the top three, and they had even more um, in the top five range as well. But, you know, the girls and the boys placed five in the respective class. So let's let's break it down here by by event so starting things off with the boys in the 800 we have uh ben ricks getting second in the 800 just two seconds off right there with them very exciting event for him very you know it's a good sign for things to come for him but then you go into the 110 and 300 meter hurdles rusty lee in the 110 runs a 15.49 that is almost a whole second faster than the second place runner Brady Cox, who ran a 16.22 from Kamii, which, you know, shouts out to Kamii, really in that in that sense. I mean, it's a it's a tournament that has or a track meet, I should say, with teams from Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, Lewiston. I mean, there there's there's not there's a good amount of 5A teams here, 5A Inland Empire League teams, and you know, a kid from Kamii getting second. You know, and a Rusty Lee from Sandpoint getting first. I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, good, good for them. Now the 300-meter hurdles, you know, you got Lee and Cox again. Um, Rusty Lee with a 40.37, which was a whole three seconds. Three seconds faster than Brady Cox. Unbelievable. Unbelievable performance by Rusty Lee. And the thing is, like I, I said in the beginning, this is just the first meet of the year. Rusty Lee is only going to get better as time goes on. And he has every opportunity in the world not only to be a state champion, but to break records. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. The 4x2 meter relay that you know, has a lot of promise, and I think you know, another team that could be a state you know, medalist there, they, uh, they got second. And they won their heat. They were in a different heat from Post Falls, who ended up winning the 4 by 2 with a minute 32.69 time. Sam Point ran it in a minute 34.68. So just a little bit, you know, just a slight time difference, just about a two-second time difference there. Um, you know, if they ran against each other in the actual relay, who knows what would have happened there. I think that that competitive edge when you're going up against somebody as fast as you or somebody that, you know, you know you're going to be really competitive against. I think maybe that gets you a, a slighter competitive edge there. But, uh, 
you know, we'll never know. It was very close. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna see post falls again. I mean, you're going to see post falls in a duel. You'll see post falls at different tournaments. You'll definitely see post falls at state. So definitely, definitely some chance chances for, for redemption there. Um, now we're going to go, we're going to go to discus next. And, uh, you know, one of the bigger success stories here from this Sandpoint track team has been Will Hurst. Um, he was a kid that, well, I talked to Matt Brass before the season started. He wasn't going to come out. You know, he had a, a knee injury. I think it was, it was a torn ACL, and he wasn't going to come out. But he showed up on the second day of practice and started throwing. He had a deep conversation with his dad and said, I want to do this. I want to. I want to throw. I want to be on the team. On a surgically repaired knee, Will gets third in the discus event. And, you know, good news for Will. Apparently, the knee feels 100%. You know, he's, he's, still, not, he's still not really throwing for, for distance or for, you know, 100% here. He was throwing for power at the, at the meet, and he still ended up getting third there. But on a surgically repaired knee, coming out, getting third, Amazing, amazing performance by Will, and uh, his his season is going to be one to keep an eye on, to uh, see where he progresses. That's it's, that's going to be huge. You know, one of the bigger stories to come out of this meet, and another big story to come out of this meet. I would say the three biggest stories were Will coming back on that surgically repaired knee, uh, Rusty Lee almost breaking the school record. You know, coming back with a vengeance, and the third one is uh, Whitworth football commit. Luke McCorkle breaking his personal record in the long jump, jumping at 21, jumping 21 feet. I have never in my life imagined jumping 21 feet, and no one in the event imagined it either. The second place jumper um, from Asotin jumped 20 feet. So congratulations to Luke. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, a personal record. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting watching his season unfold. I mean, he's he's a kid that when he goes down to Whitworth, he he could be a two-sport athlete over there if he wanted to. I mean, he is he is very talented, very athletic and you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to him a couple times uh for the for the track preview and for um when he got when he committed to Whitworth and he has he has a good head on his shoulders and you know, very excited to see where this kid goes in the future. Talking about the girls here in the 800, Grace Rookie. Great, great race. First place in the 800. At, you know, talking to Matt Brass, very last second, you know, very last stretch, not last second, but very last stretch, past uh, Anna Marie Dance from Coeur d'Alene to take first place in that event. Huge, 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 amazing. Congratulations. That was that was big for her. I mean, she's a sophomore too, I believe. So another young racer on this Sandpoint track team that has potential to do a lot of things in the future. So, you know, that's big. That's big for her. It's big for the program. And, uh, you know, it's huge for the direction of this of this team. She was also part of the uh, distance medley relay as well, where they got first place. And not only did they get first place, they won that relay by over a minute. They lapped Lake City. So... You know, their distance runners for the girls are, are doing really well. In the 3,200, Megan Ullman, 
uh, got third with an 11 minute 54.41 time. And uh, that that's, seems to be the strength right now of the girls for standpoint is the um, the distance running they had, you know, out of their out of their top three placers, the 800, 3200 in the distance uh, medley relay. Those are their top events. So that is going to be interesting to watch. That's going to be awesome. Shot put two. It's a big story. Sophomore Ivy Smith, who put a lot of work in the offseason. That was, you know, one of the main athletes that Matt Brass highlighted was her. And talked about, you know, what she did in the offseason to get to the point that she is. She went to a lot of camps. She worked with Will Hurst a lot, too, to really, you know, hone her craft, get better, make sure that she was ready for the season. First event of the year, she gets third in the shot put. And, you know, third by not much either. You know, about a four-foot difference there. And, you know, first out of anybody that showed up in the foray, you know, nobody from Lakeland or Moscow, excuse me, showed up any higher than she did. Um, actually, it's crazy enough. The first place uh, girl in the shot put from Bonders Ferry, second place from a So very, very interesting there. Going over to triple jump, um, Isabel Roche from uh, Troy. Another another awesome, you know, seeing a uh, a Troy girl uh, getting first place at an event with a lot of bigger schools. Props to her. Um, Ava Mazil from Sandpoint gets second in the triple jump, jumping 31-4. And, you know, that's that's another big one. I think some girls in other jumping events got, you know, top five. So the jumpers and the distance runners looking like that's going to be the strength of the girls team and you know that's what Matt Brass alluded to so you know no surprise there that that was the most successful part of the girls team so you know lot lots of bright futures there um in other just sports related news from around the area the uh, Sandpoint Sasquatch which is a great name awesome name whoever came up with that back in the day congratulations that was a a great team name pick um they placed third at a spring training tournament down in Mesa, Arizona at a brand new sports complex and did extremely well. So congratulations over there. Um, the Sandpoint Lacrosse Club, who is quickly rebuilding, got has a lot of young kids on their roster. Um, came out, played Coeur d'Alene, their season opener, a team that beat them 22-4 to the year prior. And they lost still, but they only lost 15-14. to So a team that's on the rebuild and has, you know, a good outlook for the future. So, very, very exciting. And as we look forward here, let's look forward um, at the Priest River baseball score with Riverside. Let's see if there's any updates on the score of that one. And it looks like it is still 2-0 to zero at this point. So, again, if you want to know the final of that game, just go over to BonnerCountyDailyBee.com, and for any and for any other sports news or just news in general, go to BonnerCountyDailyBee.com. Alrighty, guys, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Bonner County Daily Bee Sports Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys for listening. Very excited for the week ahead. Hopefully, you know there's there's games that get scheduled. And there's games that go on. Um, I was going to do a little week ahead kind of preview things that were going to be going on this week. But you never know with the 
postponements that happened this week with, you know, things that, that just happened. So you never know. Can't be too sure. So hopefully, knock on wood, everything's good to go. These kids get to hit the field, and we're going to have a spring sports season, and it's going to be madness. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot to talk about. It's going to be exciting. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.